0: Welcome, everybody, to another great podcast from the Crystal River Church of God. Whether you're on your way to work, on your lunch break, or even taking a jog, our prayer for you is that this helps you to find focus for living. We truly hope you enjoy this message live from CRCOG. 2 Samuel chapter 18, verse 33. Now I'm going to be using a lot of scripture that uh, I'm going to be making reference to that you might not, that I might not have on here, but later, not while I'm preaching, go back and read chapter 18. I'm going to make reference to it, but uh, I don't have enough time for what we've got to do today for me to spend enough time reading the scripture. However, uh, in in the Bible in 2 Samuel 18.33, and then we're going to get the context that leads into chapter 19. In chapter 18, David, uh, which was king, has now, there's been an, a coup attempted. And David's own son. Now it's one thing for somebody to betray you. But when your son tries to overthrow you, How many knows that'll give you some dysfunctional issues? And so that's what has happened to David. And in chapter 33, it's the end, because um, what happened is they went to war against his son, and his son was killed in the process of the battle. And this last verse is a culmination of chapter 18. And it says in verse 33, and the king was deeply moved. But in the NIV version it says that he was shaken. That he was shaken. Anybody been shaken lately? Anybody your faith has been shaken, your resolve has been shaken, your resilience has been shaken and it says that his that he that it was shaken. He went up to the room over the gateway and wept. And he went and he said, O oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom. If only I had died instead of you, O oh Absalom, my son. Then in chapter 19, verse 1, the Bible says that Joab was told. Now Joab is his general. And Joab was, was told, Behold, the king is weeping and mourns or mourning for Absalom. And for the whole army, and the vic- the victory that day was turned to mourning. The victory that day was turned to mourning. How many knows that God we just sung about that God turns your mourning into dancing, not your victory in the morning. So we have a little bit of understanding who's getting involved now. So the victory that day was turned to mourning for all the people. For the people heard said that day the king is grieving over his son. Now the whole army, the victory that day was turned to mourning, which is exactly opposite of what God does. Now just ask the disciples who were gathered together in sorrow on, on a, and shame on one Sunday. Only to get the news that what looked like when Jesus was, was crucified, what looked like his, the devil's final defeat of heaven was actually the starting point of salvation. You, you never know what a phone call can change your life. What one day can change your life. You see, point number one is this. That God wants to turn your day of mourning into a day of victory. Did you hear that? He wants to turn your morning. I mean, I I get a little sick and tired of being sick and tired. I mean, I am, I am, I seen a meme that the guy had his pants up to here. And he said, I'm up to here with COVID. I am so sick of COVID. I am so sick of what it has done to God's people, what it has done to church, what it has done to, 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 to everyone who is involved. Everyone who has been, you know, I've lost some loved ones, uh, but, but I'm just sick up to here with COVID. But I'm believing that God's going to turn the mourning into dancing. I'm going to believe that God wants to turn my day of mourning, your day of mourning, into a day of victory. The enemy, however, would like to do the opposite. The whole army is experiencing mourning in a time of victory. The whole army is experiencing. Did you know that you can experience mourning in a time of victory? You know, have you ever went? Everything's going right. I don't know why I'm in such a mood. Everything's going good. I don't know why that I'm struggling. I'm in. I, I, everything in my life is going good. I remember back many years ago when our church was growing, and, and I think I was having a midlife crisis at 29. I didn't didn't go get another woman, but at 29, I was wondering if this is what I wanted to do the rest of my life. At 29, the church was growing. We were having victory, but I was in mourning. So you can have a bad day even when you're going through victory. You can experience depression in a place of provision. Excuse me. the old windmill gets a little dry or the hot air whatever one you can experience what feels like failure in a season of success now I want you to get this point here so much of your life is determined not by the event but by our ability to process that event on a correct level some people get get one victory and you think you've won the war no it's just a battle but yet some people feel like that they lose a battle and you've lost the war. That's wrong too. You cannot give up just because you and your spouse had a spat. I, I, don't point at nobody, but how many people know folks who the least little thing and they feel like the sky's falling? I've had people come into my life, come into my office. Oh, we're getting a divorce. Why? Well, she didn't, she, she, she didn't squeeze the toothpaste from the right side. You need to calm down. You need to get a grip, right? But so much can be determined. See, that means that this, that we can be blind of our own blessings. So many of us are blind to our blessing. You know, your, your house, no matter what shape it's in, is a blessing compared to a homeless. Those of you who are with a job, that you complain about the job is a blessing to those who don't have a job. There are some of you complaining about your kids, but other folks just wish they had a kid. Some of you complaining about your spouse, and other folks just wish they had a spouse. We have many instances, but here what we have is that David has lost so much in the course of the battle that he cannot celebrate the victory. Did you hear that part? Alex, where are you at? You with me? Come on, stay with me, son. You've got to come to the point in your life that David had lost so much. How many of us have lost so much in a battle that now you, you, you can't even process what you have left? That he, the battle has taken so much out of you that you can't even celebrate victory. Because all you're doing is looking at what you have lost, what you have, what you don't have. He lost his own son, and we, we, all, we all know the effects of that. We all understand that that affects him now. But you've got to recognize that you still need to celebrate some victories. You need to celebrate when God has done something in your life, you still need to throw up a hand, throw your head back, throw your voice up, and say, I praise God for whatever that victory is. And you know what happens when you begin to praise God for the small victories? You begin to get the bigger victories. When you begin to thank God for what you have, you begin to get more. You've got to recognize that that's the way that God works. But here we have that the troops heard that David is grieving for his son. And in chapter 3, the Bible says in the, in, in the New Living Translation, it says that they crept back into town that day as though they were ashamed and had deserted in battle. You know, I remember, I, remember, I, I remember when I fired my pastor's son. He worked for me at Wendy's, and I had to fire him. He was an assistant manager, and I had to fire him because he was no good. You know you wasn't B.J., and BJ, had to tell you, but BJ had a way of making you feel bad about having to do what you need to do. I said, "BJ, I'm about to let you go." Oh, Ronnie, I know, I know, I ain't done what's right, and I know I ain't, I ain't been on time. I hadn't been this, and I hadn't been that, and it made me feel bad. I almost said, "Oh, come on, buddy," and then I went, "Hey, no, you got to." But here's what happened to the to the to the uh, the army: they crept in ashamed when they should have had victory how many of us are at that place they would there would be no parade this day verse four says the king covered his face and cried aloud oh my son Absalom my son Absalom his focus is so narrowed to what he has lost that he's about to lose what he has left oh y'all didn't hear that part you're looking at what you lost and you're not taking care of what you have left. Everybody's lost something. Anybody lost anything through, during this COVID, during this lockdown, during this five or six months? Many of you lost revenues. Many of you have lost jobs. Many of you have, have, have lost time. But you cannot get caught up in what you lost. You need to begin to look around and take inventory of what you have left and begin to give God praise for what you have left. He cannot get over what's gone, and he's about to step over what is. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. See the men, the men when when they when David should have been congratulating them, he was mourning because waiting for his support. All are all, all of the troops and the resources for him to reclaim his throne, get back to where he belongs. See, some of you want to get back to where you belong. Did you hear that spiritually, mentally, emotionally? You want to get back to where you belong, but you can't get over what you've lost. But he's ready. David's not ready yet. The army's ready, but David's not ready. He's weeping. He's in isolation. And the Bible said that he went and got up over the gate. Then in verse 5 says that Joab, his general, had the guts to go into his house. Somebody told Joab, He's mourning. He's crying over over the victory. And Joab said, what? I like Joab. Joab, I I love Joab. Joab said, let me go talk to him. And he went in there and he told him, if you read the rest of the story, he told him, he goes, "Listen, listen, dude. I'm putting it in English, Florida English. He said, listen here, bro. He said, you're about to lose all the men who just fought for you because of your grieving. You're upset that they won a victory. You're upset because you didn't get it the way you wanted it. Y'all didn't catch that. He got victory, but he didn't get to keep everything he wanted to keep. Lord, I want you to do it, but I want you to do it this way. But then, but God said, I can't do it that way. And Joab said, you're about to lose the people who just won a victory for you. Can I tell you this, that some of us need some people, not everybody, but we need some people who will tell us the truth. Who will tell us. See, some people don't like me. to. People, people want me to be their pastor until they need me to be their pastor. Because when I tell them the truth, then they get mad and leave the church. Right. Who preach. I believe I will. <clears throat> Look at somebody and tell them, I need you to tell me the truth if you love me. If you ain't got nobody around you know don't don't say that. Cuz only the people who really love you can really tell you what you need to what you need to know. Now, God uses Joab to give David, are you ready for this? The gift of confrontation. I didn't say the gift of comfort. The gift of confrontation. See, if I would have said the gift of comfort, you would You've gotten that. Yeah, yeah, David needed to be comforted. He just, lost his, he just lost his son. You see, sometimes the gift of confrontation is greater than the gift of comfort. <clears throat> My brother, Junior, they call him J.R. now. <clears throat> I don't know why. Still Junior to me. But he lost, he was in a wreck where he was drinking and driving to God be the glory. Nobody else was hurt but he lost the use of his legs. He's paralyzed. Been in a wheelchair now over 20 something years. So but he when I was there talking to him he was on crutches. Back then he could just use crutches. But he couldn't move his legs and he said to me, Ronnie why did God do this to me? And I gave him the gift of confrontation. I said That God did what to you? Put me in this. I said, no, 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 no. I said, if you want to blame God for anything, you was in a drunken state. I thank God that God didn't let you die and go to hell. I'm thankful that you didn't hurt nobody else. I'm thankful that God gave you another chance to get it right with God before you die. I'm thankful. And he goes, well, I never looked at it that way. I go, brother, you better thank God that you didn't die because you'd have busted hell right open. I said, am I right? He goes, yeah, yeah, you're right. Sometimes you need to give people the gift of confrontation. So Joab challenges him in verse 5. Then Joab went into the house to the king and said, today you have humiliated all your men who have just saved your life in the lives of the sons and daughters, in the lives of your wives, your concubines. Now, uh, you love those who hate you and hate those who love you. So he confronted him, didn't he? In other words, he was saying, why do you keep attaching yourself to the stuff that is doing you no good? Oh, hear me, somebody. Oh, I, I know that that, I know my husband beat me and put me in, in, in the hospital four times, but he's changed now. Uh, he's changed because somebody killed him, but he, let me move on. Uh, why do you keep running back to the things that hurt you? Well, i tell you, Pastor. You keep going back to the bottle. You keep going back to the drugs. You keep going back to the wrong relationships. You keep going back because you would rather be with somebody than to be alone. Baby, you, 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 better, you better learn. It's better to be alone and sane and healthy than to be with somebody that's making you crazy. Now, if you're married, you've got to work it out. Come see me. Come go get some counseling. Do something before it ever gets to that point. So as David, but see, the, here, here's where we're at, though. Why do we keep chasing that which is trying to walk away from us. Why do we keep chasing? At the expense of that which God has given us. David asked Samuel about Saul. Or uh, David asked Samuel about Saul. He, he said, how long will you mourn over Saul? How long are you going to mourn over what's happened? Man, Sometimes you just got to get up, square your shoulders up, dust yourself off and move on. Get back on the railroad, man. Get back on the track. Let's move on with God. Can you say amen? See, the, the king got up. Now, I love this. And in, in verse 6, he says, You have made it clear today that the commanders and their men mean nothing to you. I see that you would be pleased if Absalom were alive today and all of us dead. Now, go out. I love this. Go out and encourage your men. I did that one time when I was marriage counseling. I didn't tell him to go out and encourage stuff. I said, Get up and go over there and sit with them. I said, now y'all hug and kiss. They looked at me. I said, I'm not. I'd, I'd been worked work 12 hours and they begged me to come to their house. And I was at their house. And, I, and so the, I said, no, kiss. And they went. I said, there ain't no kiss. Kiss. And they started kissing, started making out basically. I said, ah, that's better. I said, now I'm going home. I called back in about 20 minutes. I said, How are things going? They said, Pretty good. <laughs> I've never told that story in public. I could give you their names. But he said, Go out and encourage your men. And he said, I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out, not a man will be left with you by the nightfall. This will be worse for you than all of the calamities that have ever come to you in your life. So that's some some straight talk right there. And then he said, so their men mean nothing to you. I see that you wouldn't be pleased if Absalom were alive and all of us were dead. So, verse 8, so the king got up and took his place. At the gateway, he got up and took his seat in the gateway. The king got up and took his seat in the gateway. See, we have to find a way how to get back to our place because the title of the message I didn't give you the title of the message. Stay in your place. We got to get. We got. Don't let what has happened cause you to move your from your place. Well, God didn't do what I wanted him to do. So what? Stay in your place. Stay in the place that God called you to be. Stay in the place where you need to be because it is, um, you, you gotta understand that that why David is shook because we are seeing here the unexplainable connection between character and confidence. Did you hear that? That's why he shook. His, his, his confidence is not connected to his character. Because it is impossible to sustain your confidence with faulty, with faulty character. You can't do it. That's why you got to work on your character. You can hype yourself up. You can even work out and feel good about yourself. But if you don't have the character without deep-seated core of character to sustain you in life, it is impossible to maintain a real sense of confidence. Understand it, church. David has allowed some of the things into his life that are now overpowering him. Did you catch that part? The little things that we didn't think would overpower us now is overpowering him. So that's why you need to stay in your place. He let something, some things in little by little and now he spent years and years of dysfunction. It wasn't so much the dysfunction that brought trouble to David. It was the way that he dealt with it. Everybody in this room, listen to me carefully, everybody in this room has some type of dysfunction. Not me, pastor, I'm perfect. Well, you believing that you're perfect is your dysfunction. Because everybody around you know that you ain't, right? Have you ever looked at somebody else and thought, wow, they've got it all together? I'll never forget one lady came to my wife one time. She goes, oh, it must be wonderful being married to pastor. And my wife went, Yeah. Just joys and wonders to be told. Yeah. Because she knows the real me, right? See, you see the Pastor Ronnie me. But I ain't got it all together. Don't say amen real loud. But you know I don't. And I still struggle. God knew about his dysfunction. I want you to hear me. God knew about his dysfunction when he called him. He knew about his dysfunction when he picked him. He knows about your dysfunction when he picked you. He knows about your dysfunction when he anointed you. He knew that David had father issues, but yet he still picked him. He knew that he was quite lustful, but he still picked him. He knew that he would struggle, but he still picked him. I'm thankful to God that God ain't picking people who are perfect. He is picking people who are available. He's picking people whose hearts are pliable. He's picking you. He's picking me. And that's what we've got to recognize is that He picked me. I just got to stay in my place. And none of those things stop God from choosing Him. And they're not stopping God from using now, I'm going to stop right there, only the first point. I really thought I'd finish this message, but I recognize it's 930. And I still want to anoint all of our students and people that are going back to school. But next week, if God will let me, point number two is simply God wants to give you grace in the place of shame. We're going to deal with that next week. But I, but, but I just feel like I want to stop right here because I want to anoint. See, listen to me, youth. Listen to me, college. Listen to me. You're going back to school. Those of you that are, some of you are many teachers, going back to school. Service workers, they're going back to school. But here's the deal, man. you got to learn to stay in your place. Because if you don't stay in your place, the enemy, the devil, friends. Well, my friends aren't the devil preacher. No, no, they, I'm just saying the devil can use anybody. The devil can use me he's used me many times but i'm doing my best not to let him use me i want to stay in the place that god's called me to stay amen hallelujah how many knows that our teachers and those that are in the school system need the touch of god father i pray in the name of jesus that god that you would just anoint them that you've called them to such a time as this May the anointing of the Holy Ghost be over them in the name of Jesus. May the power of your Holy Spirit reign and rule in their lives in Jesus' name. Come on, would you stand to your feet and let's just sing this song one time. I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it has inspired you like never before. For more information about Crystal River Church of God, how to give, or even our upcoming events, be sure to check us out at crystalrivercog.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. And we will see you next week here at CRCOG.